You're listening to the San Antonio Public Library's podcast, Tuned In. This podcast is made possible by the generosity of the San Antonio Public Library Foundation. Our sound engineer is Dan Garcia, and show notes for this and other episodes can be found at guides.mysapple.org forward slash sapple tuned in. I'm JD, and I'm joined by fellow tuned in member Tim, and our guests today are librarians uh, Shannon Siglin from the Children's Department, Lauren Flores from the Adult Reference Department, and Matthew Loiza from the Teen Department. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so I know that um, Sapple went virtual like very early on in the in the lockdown in regards to covid in fact uh lauren you were on what was it yahoo news they featured you making face masks mm-hmm. and our own um, it was and our own uh santa flores from the teen library did a, a book cover challenge that i know made its way to reddit uh could you all tell us you know what ways you initially started going virtual and um, maybe if it's changed along the way or anything you'd like to enlighten the listeners about that Sure. Um, well, with the children's services, there was talk of doing recordings of story times and toddler times and all these type of things. And initially it took a while to get started because we had to get permission from the publishers as far as copyright. So it was kind of a big thing as far as finding out like, you know, the platform that we use and if we could, you know, read aloud material. So a uh, copyright committee was formed and then we started, um, you know, signing up to do to do recordings on our own at home or if somebody was at the library, they could record it. And then um, they started premiering on the YouTube channel. Um, every day there's something different. I'm in the story time war work group, so um, I've done a couple of the story time ones. Um, it took a while to get up and running, but now it's running pretty smooth, but it is kind of changing because they've started to do, um, we're talking about doing like Zoom story times and things like that. So that would be good because then we can connect more with the children and the community and like see some of our regulars. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm just curious about uh, initially when you were reaching out to the publishers, were they pretty cool about it or? Well, um, a lot of them had a form you had to fill out. A lot of it was, like, just a lot of email. But also, School Library Journal came out with, like, this kind of guide to, you know, what the publishers were doing. Because most of them extended or modified their usage for COVID. So it was really nice. And some of them have even extended it through, one, I think, through March. I think Chronicle Books has extended it through March, which is pretty amazing because, I mean, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Matthew? Yeah. Yeah. So um, for us, <clears throat> at, the, at the very beginning, you know, we were fortunate that we have a, a separate Instagram account um, that we've had, you know, for, for quite some time. And so we kind of just jumped to that because we knew <clears throat> that was a way for us to reach out to teens that we have already made contact with. And, you know, in the in the first those first few weeks, we were like, well, what are we going to do? You know, how can we reach them? How can we talk to them? all these kinds of things. And so we really use that to kind of figure out, okay, how can we uh, connect with them? What's the best way? What are they using? And so we also had some uh, contact with some of our, our current volunteers. So we worked with them to figure out, okay, like 
what is your availability right now? Because this was, of course, when school was still in session. So figuring out their availability, what could we do? What platforms make sense? What kind of programs um, would you want virtually? So we really just spoke to the teens and asked them, hey, what? how can we meet you right now? Like, where where is it that will make sense for you to kind of still have your library programs going on that they're used to? as well as reaching new teens, you know, teens that maybe had never gone to the library, maybe they didn't live close enough to one, or maybe they just didn't have uh, transportation to go to one, things like that. Um, <clears throat> so that kind of led us to looking at Discord, um, which a lot of our volunteers had experience using. Um, so we, from that, we kind of just cultivated this little nest of trying out programs through Instagram and also on Discord. Um, again, most of it was just through team feedback. So asking them for ideas, like what kind of crafts would you like to see on Instagram? Um, what kind of uh, games would you want to play virtually like Dungeons and Dragons, things like that. Um, so they really kind of gave us, um, the stuff that they wanted to see and do. And then we just kind of helped them put it all together so they could, you know, chat with other teens throughout the city during this really weird time. Right. And if you had to guess, or if you know, uh, what would you say the ratio is from like uh, teens that were already our patrons to ones that have just discovered us? Yeah, um, I would say it's mostly teens that use the library in some capacity. Um, some of them go to programs. Some of them just use it to pick up books um, and other right. materials, things like that. Um, so surprisingly, a, a, I would say at least probably 80% of them use the library in some capacity. Um, so maybe not necessarily for programs um, or maybe not for materials, um, some of them both. So it's been, it's been an interesting mix. But there have been a few teens who don't use the library. And that's for a number of reasons that we've kind of gathered. Some of them live on the outskirts. Uh, so I know we have like one teen, I think, uh, that their library, they go to Shirts Library. Okay. Um, so they're in the area, but, you know, they don't, they don't go to a, a Sapple location. So things like that. Um, so it's, it's been interesting to kind of see, but we have a really good spread throughout the city of teens that, um, have joined. So that cool. sounds like it. And that's a, that's a win-win because we're retaining our patrons and we're getting some people that we otherwise wouldn't maybe serve. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Lauren, could you speak to the adult reference uh, program? Sure. So it was really interesting because at the beginning we were trying to find a good platform or maybe several platforms because they're all very different and, it's hard to match a platform with a type of program. So it's interesting because we ended up using Zoom for classes and things like that. But then we also have streaming on YouTube. And those are for topics like lectures or mass making tutorials. It's stuff where you're not necessarily leading a class per se, and you can reach a lot more people. So I thought that that was really, really interesting. We have a lot of really interesting, diverse topic areas as well. So like gaming and fitness. I mentioned cooking earlier, but we have some other stuff as well that we're working on. Like right now we have social justice programs. There's a series going on right now called Sit With It, which is really, really cool. So um, I did want to add that it was really kind of cool to be able to reach people in this way. And also it sounds like we're extending some of the platforms. So we do have a Mario Kart tournament that's happening today and that's going to be on switch. Nice. Sounds fun. In regards to, to uh, programming. Well, obviously uh, what, what's pretty much changed, what's changed significantly and what's kind of just carried over what's, what's been an easy transition. And this is for all of you. You can start in the order of Shannon and Matt. Lauren again. Um, 
Well, the biggest thing as a children's librarian is that we have lots of families and kids and they come to our programs and they sit really close to us and we interact with them and they come every week and we know them and they come and they check out books. And the biggest thing is like, we don't have that audience anymore. And it's, it's really sad. It was kind of like a life changing moment, you know? So like I'll be recording and I got to pretend that like my puppets out here in another land, are like my people and I talking to them and having a conversation. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but I try my best to, you you're know. Bring, you're bringing puppets to the people, Shannon. <laughs> bringing puppets to the people. That's right. And it, for me, that was the hardest thing. And then also learning kind of to record myself kind of was hard. You know, I had to get like a tripod and I'm not really good at that stuff. And it took me a while. But once I figured it out, it was fine. So I think for some people, it's a learning curve. Um, that was the biggest thing is just not not being able to communicate face to face with people and seeing the kids. And I mean, the kids always like hug you and, you know, they, I have pictures on my wall that they drew me and like, it's just, it's sad. Yeah. So yeah, that's the biggest thing. Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> <Cheers> up. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll see if I can do the way. Just keep it going down. Um, you know, but I think, and I'm sure Lauren, you know, will probably also say something very similar. Yeah, you know, the that interaction that you get face to face. You know, I, we think back a year ago, you know, ending the summer programs and things like that. You know, just the, the things that we used to do as a community at the library, of, of course, has to change. Um, and so that's been the biggest shift, I think, in this virtual realm. Is it's a very different level of engagement. Um, because of things like that. Sometimes it, you're not talking to someone live because, you know, we're posting some things that's for them to enjoy and to, to engage with, but it's in a different level. Um, we've been very fortunate in team services that we do since we use Discord and things like that, um, that we get to kind of see that engagement um, between the teens. Um, and so I think what's been really awesome to kind of see and this is okay. So yeah, this is, here we go. Positive. Here we go. <laughs> so what's been kind of awesome to see though. And as well, before I say that, uh, you know, we've, we've reached teens. We have a, a pretty good server kind of going on, but we know we're missing a lot of teens, teens that don't have a device at home. that don't have internet at home. So we know that, that we're not, this is not a solution that meets everybody because we know that there's a lot of teens that we're missing. And I know that goes for children's and adults and everyone, you know, um, the things that we're doing right now are really great, but we're not able to meet everybody. Um, so that being said, you know, it's really awesome to see the teens um, on the Discord server. They've really taken ownership of it. Um, so we help facilitate um, six weekly programs right now with the teens, and all of those are actually led by a teen volunteer. And so we're just kind of there to make sure that, you know, if the server goes down or, you know, just, there's just so many things that kind of go on during the programs. Some of the teens are texting. Some of them are um, on a, a voice call. Some of them are screen sharing. You know, so there's a lot going on. So we're kind of just there to help make sure that the chaos makes sense. <laughs> but really, it's a team volunteer who's leading the program. So it's been really great to see them take ownership of that. Um, and, you know, that they they love it, that they get to meet all these other teens from around the city. But even beyond that, you know, we, we do these weekly programs at a scheduled time, but the teens um, go beyond that and do their own programming at their own time. You know, sometimes they're because the server is just kind of there. They can kind of go on there and if they want to have a, a gaming tournament, you know, on Saturday at 
6 p.m. because it's not a physical library space where they have to be and they have to leave. They can just do it, you know, right there on on the server. So it's been really cool to kind of see that. Like, okay, that's that's a different way to think of library programming that exists in different spaces at different times that normally we, we wouldn't consider because the library closes at 6 p.m. or whatever the case may be. Um, so that's been you know, the, the challenge at the beginning, but now kind of seeing this new light of other other ways that we can engage with our community. I don't know if that answered your no, question it, at all. It, to- it totally did. And if, um, it actually kind of led into the next question, but I'm still going to hit you all with it. Um, but if you think about it, libraries build community. So it, it's really important to all of us, really, but maybe even maybe more so to teens that, you know, we, you keep that, you know, social connectivity and the, it's, it's, it's actually heartwarming to, to hear that that's taking place. Lauren. So I was just going to add to what Matthew was mentioning. I, I really feel like this is in a way a positive thing because we are able to extend outside the walls of the library. And so people, even if they're not able to, go to an event and watch a stream when it's happening, they can go back and rewatch it. So we're still able to connect to people on their own terms. And I think that's really, really great because we don't always have the same schedules. I know that it's been very different as librarians because we have had to acquire new skills. It is a different way to communicate to people. It is different skills, especially when you're doing a stream and you're kind of talking into dead air and you're waiting for people to talk back to you. Or if you are doing a class that's on Zoom and you can't really see the folks that you're teaching to. But I still think that it's a really amazing thing. And to me, it's really quite exciting because it also means that people that are shut in at home can access a lot of the resources and the services and the programs that we have that maybe they weren't necessarily able to do before because we didn't have online programs. Right, right. And and to speak to that that weirdness and Shannon was talking about it too, um, from initially doing programming and then you're on the you know you're recording yourself so you're not seeing an audience you're seeing yourself that that's a, that takes a little bit of getting used to at least at least for me it did um but the what you kind of were going towards my question that I wanted to ask and it's almost the same thing but are there any particular ways you find because it is it is kind of a hurdle but to to kind of keep that engagement going personally like um I try and think of ways can, can I you know socially role model or what do I do when I'm on doing my program do y'all have some things that you're methods that you're trying Well, I think it's interesting because there seems to be evolving best practices, as they say, for when you're streaming and doing things like that. And some of it seems to be derived from broadcast practices. I know that people have talked about, like, when you are streaming, you really should acknowledge people. You follow up with them. It's really helpful when you have a person that's a moderator because they act as a facilitator and they're able to help you communicate because sometimes when you are doing a stream there's a bit of a barrier because you're managing your presentation and it's hard to be able to see what people are doing in chat and to communicate with them directly so it's been really cool to have that aspect of teamwork where you have your other library uh, colleagues and co-workers and you know they're helping mediate this discussion so I personally think it's really cool I know that not everybody is very comfortable with that but that's kind of the stuff that I'm seeing. Yeah, and the aforementioned Sienna Flores is a, is a lifesaver for me in that regard. Uh, Matthew, Shannon, do you have any engagement techniques you want to talk about? 
Um, I, I feel like that this whole pandemic has kind of created, um, like the children's services has become very good at collaborating with each other. We have different teams that do different things, but we're seeing kind of how all of the librarians do things differently, but they all do things really good too. So everyone's different and you can kind of learn from them. So a lot, a lot of the things that I've seen I've been using in my programs are going to be using them in, in the future. And that's been really cool because usually I only get to see like the children's librarians like once a month and now I see them every day. (laughs) But kind of like Lauren was saying with best practices, we've also have big zoom um, programs with like dinosaur George and things. And like, as far as like the co-hosting and moderating, that's really important. And we're really trying to learn that also, but again, it's again, it's collaboration. Yeah. um, I mean, I think the same, you know, using a lot of different platforms has really just shown us different ways to do different things. And just with any other kind of thing that we've been doing with the library, everybody has strengths and weaknesses. You know, some, some staff definitely gravitate towards one platform or another or contributing in one way or another. And so, you know, it shows, it's really cool just to see these different levels of engagement, both with like the teens, but then even with, with staff themselves, like saying, you know, Hey, like I'm not comfortable doing an Instagram live, but I have this really great idea. And then someone else comes in and they're like, Oh, you know, we can do it this way. Um, so that, you know, teens, you know, so it's just really cool to see this really collaborative nature happening and then bringing this new level of engagement. Um, again, just being able to use different platforms to, uh, I think Lauren said, you know, reach people in a way that is, um, convenient for them. You know, if they get home at maybe 10 PM, then they can go back and see something really cool that happened earlier that day or, and likewise like that. So it's really cool just to see, kind of how all that's unfolding. Yeah, that's, that's great. There's sounds like there's a lot of positive collaboration going on um, amongst our patrons and us, and then the, the different uh, staff, uh, not staff departments. Um, my last question for you just would be like, um, let's, let's say, you know, we're back to normal. Is there something that like has changed as far as what you're doing virtually and stuff that you would like to see go forward and expand or what's your, what's your take on that? I would like to do both. I would like to, you know, I would like to start doing Zoom programming and a little bit of both and some recording and some in person, because I think that for a while it's going to be that people, some people don't want to still come in or, you know, they're afraid. And so I think we're reaching both ends that that way. So a combination would be good as long as like we had really good equipment at Central (laughs) Children's Department. (laughs) <laughs> all, all departments, all departments, all departments, all departments. Yes. But I think that would be like a, a good thing to kind of, you know, do both. I hope we do it. <laughs> yeah. I think a, a, a hybrid model is probably going to happen and should happen. Um, you know, it, cause who knows how long it's going to be like this. Right. Um, so I think definitely virtual programs and we're going to keep, um, figure out new ways to do them, but I think they're going to continue for a good while. And then as Shannon mentioned, people aren't going to want to come back for a while, but you know, I think I, I see definitely some programs where, you know, it could be in person, but it's also streamed so that those who want to participate can do it from home because it's streaming or they can watch it later when they get home, you know? So I think there's a lot of different ways that we can, you know, 
ensure, especially when we first opened, you know, socially distant programs, but maybe that's kind of how we open it up to more people to be able to experience it is that, you know, you have to sign up, please sign up beforehand. You know, so many people can attend this program and then it's streaming also at the same time. Um, but I think also some of our programs, you know, I've speaking from the team programs that I've been helping with, uh, you know, some of those programs just work really well digitally, you know, like they just work really well um, on discord. Um, so maybe, and if that makes more sense for more teens, maybe it's more available for more teens to participate in that program because they don't have to drive anywhere physically. You know, they don't have to rely on transportation. They can do it um, from home or maybe even from their school computer, you know, after school. Um, so there's just a really a lot, a lot of different ways I can just see this really not letting this go because it, it works, I think. Um, and it makes sense for us to do in our city, I think. And Lauren? So I agree with Shannon and Matthew as well. It's really hard for us to go back to the way it was before. I mean, society pretty much moved itself online and it's hard to come back from that. Also just the trends of people moving online anyway, especially with streaming as a means of self-expression and just ways that they can access different types of entertainment and education and things like that. Again, maybe I'm a Pollyanna, but I tend to see this as a really positive thing because it means that we can reach so many more people. And especially for people that are unable to come in or maybe if there are a group of people that are not traditionally supported, it's just a way that we can extend our services and our resources to them. And I I think that's a fabulous thing. Yeah, I, I agree with all of what you're saying. And if there was a phrase that pays, Matthew would be winning today because before I even got to it on my notes, engagement and what was the other <laughs> word you took right out of my mouth? Hybrid. Yeah, there we go. Um, two gold stars, Matthew. Yay. But, um, <laughs> it's good to hear overall that it sounds like we're doing, that we as the library, Sapple, are doing a, a lot of good for our community. It's um, very awesome. Uh, any closing remarks from any of you guys before we wrap up? You're good? Well, well, thank you all for making time. It's really <laughs> awesome to hear from you and, and to see you, frankly. Likewise. Well, thank you very much. Hey, thanks for listening. And get connected on mysapple.org with Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, Pinterest, Flickr, Instagram, and follow tuned in on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music.